You're listening to the official Dietitian Connection podcast. This podcast gives you access to the most successful and influential experts in the dietetic profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. So here we are for the Dietitians into Business series. Do you have a burning desire to start your own business in the field of nutrition and dietetics? This series features some of the most brilliant business and entrepreneurial dietitians. We discuss their journey to success and provide you with the tools to turn your business ideas into reality. Hello to all of our listeners and welcome to this month's episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast. I'm your host, Kate Agnew. So joining us today is Nicole Senior. Nicole is an accredited practicing dietitian and is the principal nutrition consultant at Professional Nutrition Services. Nicole's also a speaker. She's authored four books and she's active on social media, as well as being regularly invited to provide expert comment in traditional media. So today, Nicole is on the show to discuss her nutrition consultancy work and give us uh, a really great insight into this area of dietetics. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, Nicole. So great to have you on today and thank you for taking some time out to chat to us about nutrition consultancy work and your work. Oh, thanks, Kate. It's a pleasure. I read a review of your book, Eat to Beat Cholesterol, and I've seen you in the media a fair bit. So safe to say I'm very intrigued by your work and very interested to hear about your career journey and your role as a nutrition consultant. It's good to be intriguing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. So, um, so I was wondering if we could start off by talking about your role as a principal consultant at Professional Nutrition Services. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure, Kate. Well, um, I started Professional Nutrition Services about 12 years ago because I wanted to be my own boss and I wanted to create work that I enjoy. So I'm a sole trader and mostly I work on my own. However, I do bring in contractors from time to time as required for larger projects. And lucky for me, and uh, I work mostly from home, um, which is fantastic because um, I have a four-year-old little boy, so it really works well in terms of that flexibility. Now, Professional Nutrition Services offers expert nutrition and diet advice, not only to the public, but to the media and the food industry. And it's through writing, speaking and consulting services. So I um, in mostly do nutrition communications. So I help clients with accurate, responsible, engaging and compelling communications about food. And I have a personal positioning statement. <laughs> and I recommend oh, okay. that um, if you do start your own business or even, you know, um, as a professional, it's good when you're at networking events to be able to say what you do really succinctly, um, sort of like that um, elevator pitch. <laughs> so yeah. I provide nutrition expertise, advice, ideas and communication so that my clients can add value and credibility to their foods, their brands, their reputation. And for example, I develop responsible nutrition claims, I brief management or media on nutrition issues, and I write 
engaging articles. So are you sold? <laughs> yeah, I'm very sold. <laughs> that sounds like it uh, encompasses, encompasses a lot of different jobs, but all comes back to the same meaning and same, I guess, mission that you're trying to achieve. Exactly. It's trying to make complex nutrition um, simple to understand and doable for whomever. Yeah. So what does a day in the life of Nicole Senior look like? Well, Kate, this is a really interesting thing to actually sit down and think about because you kind of just plough <laughs> through your day and don't give it a lot of thought. But I kind of divided what I do into seven categories, which kind of shocked me when I sat down and thought about it. But let me take you through them. So my first one is professional research and development. So that is me head down, reading, you know, summarising, understanding, research. And, um, and it might also be CPD activities that I might attend to, for instance, like seminars, conferences and webinars. So that's the first one. The second one I would categorise as marketing and communication. So when you run your own business, this is incredibly important. So I use social media for as a tool um, that's looking and sending and receiving emails, writing on my blog. It's just a couple of examples that I'd put in those categories of marketing and communication. The third one is actual client work. So whether that be writing, whether it be developing recipes or analysing recipes, whether it's putting together presentations, whether it's summarising research for a client on a particular topic. The fourth one is administration and this bedevils anyone who runs their own business. And yeah. It's kind of like a thorn in your side, but if you're the only person in your business, you're stuck with it. Um, so this includes accounts, information management, so, you know, filing. What do you do with all the stuff that people send you, um, both on the, in the mail and, and online? And IT. I don't have an IT person to to ask, so I have to work all these things out on my own, which um, can be a bit of a pain. Um, number five, I'd say pro bono voluntary. So this includes um, participating in DAA um, IGS, like, you know, actually putting together events, for example, um, being on organising committees. The other one, student supervision, which I suppose is kind of, might also be categorised as management, but um, yeah, supervising students and mentoring. So they're all kind of, you know, you do on a voluntary basis. So that's five. Gosh, we're up to six. <laughs> I'm just going to say <laughs> it keeps yeah, coming. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> i got to be honest, I may not do all of these on the one day, but I'm just trying to sort of think about what I do. Number six, I'd probably call being a key opinion leader. So, you know, I might go to occasional product-related events or food-related events. I mean, I went to an event just um, last week on mushrooms um, and professional committees and consultations. So I'm on a committee um, looking at social media for um, the Health Star rating, for example, um, as a representative of DAA. So, you know, you do this um, as a key opinion leader because people welcome and value your input. And number seven um, is writing books. Now, I don't have a book on the go at the moment, but um, as you know, Eat to Beat Cholesterol has been uh, revised and updated and up until recently I was that was really something I did on a regular basis. Um, can I just point out, Kate, that out of those seven activities, only one generates 
any income. Um, yeah, this, well, I was going to ask about that. This is, this is a real issue. I mean, perhaps true. It's client work that generates the majority of my income. Books don't make very much money. So, I mean, even though they generate a little bit, it's really not a lot. Um, that might be a surprise to many people, but writing books does not make money, not unless you're a celebrity. And, um, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> so when I'm when you go to the sort of section <laughs> and, you know, you've got celebrity chefs and, um, yeah, all very kind of famous media people, yeah, you just sort of pale into comparison. So, yeah, but – Client work, out of out of those seven things, only one is really generating the majority of my income. And this is a real issue in terms of um, trying to run a successful business and, uh, and make a decent living. And this is an ongoing challenge. So uh, would you say that all aspects are necessary though, even though well, I guess it's a personal only thing, one isn't generates? It? I mean, if you are more kind of um, – less willing to offer your services for the good of the community you know that's up to you but I feel very strongly that as a professional I am better and my community um, is better and our profession is better if I use what I know for for good and so you know that includes um, mentoring and, and supervising as well as participating you know, in those committees and, and consultations and, and CPD activities in IGS. So I think they're really important. And, and I think they give back to me as well as giving back more widely. So for me personally, um, I'm willing to sacrifice a bit of income um, to be, I suppose, a better person and a better dietitian. But, um, you know, that's a personal choice. Yeah. Oh, that's really um, admirable, Nicole. Uh, what what are your favourite things about your line of work or um, your favourite aspect of your work? I love writing. So um, that's, you know, when I mentioned I started my own business because I wanted to do work that I enjoy. I love writing. So I get to do more of that. The other things I love doing is with working for clients, I get to work with a variety of people and organisations and a variety of different professions. I get to work with marketers, I get to work with um, research and development people, food technologists, um, a real variety of people and I find that exciting and I find that the variety of organisations that I work for, everything from food companies, PR firms, even to government government and non-government organisations. I love the variety. So the other thing I love about what I do is that I have a lot of um, interface with food. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love food. I live for food. I am a foodie. I love writing about it. I love cooking it. I love learning about it. I love the people involved with it and their passion. So there's that. And of course, I love learning. I mean, I think um, all dietitians have to have a love of learning because in our game, things are constantly kind of moving and, and challenging us. So yeah, it's, um, I love lots of things about, about what I do. And I suppose, um, yeah, that's why I'm happy doing it. Yeah. Oh, that's great, Nicole. Um, I wonder if you could tell us more about the fork and egg logo for professional nutrition services and how this applies to your work and and going back to your mission slash pitch that you talked about earlier yeah yeah so when you start your own business one of the really fun things that you get to do is to you know how develop a logo and I thought long and hard about this and I just came across um this idea working with the graphic designer when I kind of 
to her that I th- I thought the egg was very symbolic um, for me. Um, just for those people who are not aware of it, my logo is an egg, a green egg with a fork um, across it. A f- and um, so it's the fork and egg logo. And I thought it was um, a really, really um, great symbol of food and eating, but also the many opportunities and strengths um, of professional nutrition services. Because if you think about it, eggs represent quality, particularly, you know, high quality protein. They've got perfect protein. They're highly nutritious, but they're pretty great value when you think about it. And they're incredibly versatile. So when you're talking about eggs in cooking, they, I mean, how many recipes for eggs are there? I mean, you know, I read once that um, the chef's hat with the creases, there's 144 creases in a chef's hat, and that's supposed to be all the things you can do with eggs. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, it's just amazing. So, you know, everything from, you know, uh, the finesse of a souffle or the marvel of a pavlova, uh, you just, eggs are amazingly clever and very versatile. And I thought, oh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to be that. Mm. <laughs> but eggs are also um, down to earth. I mean, you know, what home doesn't have a dozen eggs in their fridge? Uh, it's pretty traditional. It's basic. It's familiar. It's reliable and it's trustworthy. So I like to think um, that's a bit of me. <laughs> How beautiful. <laughs> and also I think um, – Eggs have to keep pace with a modern world. I mean, now you think about you've got different sized eggs, you've got high omega eggs, you've got no egg for egg allergic people, and you've got a really uh, active communication program from the egg industry to manage misconception about eggs. I mean, you know, so I think that sort of speaks to, to what I do as well. And so I thought that the egg was emblematic of food and nutrition in the modern era and a perfect symbol of what I do at Professional Nutrition Services. And, and it was lots of fun coming up with that logo. Yeah, um, big story behind it. Yes. It's wonderful to hear. So, Nicole, can you tell us about your career journey and how you got to where you are now? Oh, yes. Um, so I started my business about 10 years after entering the profession. So when I first started, I I did what most people do and just kind of um, grab whatever job's going because you're not really sure kind of where you want to be. Well, I wasn't anyway. I mean, many people may may be different, but I started going overseas first, um, which I suppose was a bit unusual. I went overseas as soon as I graduated and stayed over there for two years. And um, what I did was I worked in the UK as a locum dietitian and that allowed me to get general clinical experience and um, very formative experience too, throwing yourself into a, into a different country. But I absolutely loved it and I loved the entire travel experience. I think it, it really made me um, both professionally and personally. I mean, I just had the best time ever. Um, yeah, it was wonderful and I could – um, you know, grow as a dietitian as well as a person generally, I think. But then I had to come back home. Um, I didn't want to stay any any longer. It was time to come back. And then I jumped back into a clinical pediatric role after that. And that was a locum, by the way. All, all my jobs basically for many, many years were all locums of varying durations, um, which is not a bad way to get get good experience and kind of, you know, if you're willing to travel and move around, there's great experiences to be had and it really it really rounds you as a dietitian. So I worked then in health promotion, 
then I um, switched into working for a non-government organisation, uh, Diabetes Australia, New South Wales. Um, then I jumped over into the um, private sector and worked for a small business as an employee, but doing both private practice and industry consulting. Um, then I got my own private practice in which I worked in a mental health clinic. So I ended up doing a lot of um, uh, eating disorders, um, yeah, as well as the usual kind of weight management, um, cholesterol, lipid management. Uh, then I jumped across and did a contract in a food company, which I really enjoyed. And from there, I suppose, I leapt into starting professional nutrition services. And um, over the way, I, I wrote some books as well, just as one of the kind of things I like to do was writing. So, yeah, I kind of I built that in as well. Lots of different experiences there, Nicole. Yes, it was. And, you know, what else it gave me is, really solid grounding in lots of different settings and you know and once I'd been there and done all that it really became clear to me where my future ambition laid and I think over that time too you you learn what your aptitudes are what you enjoy um, what you've been successful at and that helps you to form you know what you want to become as as a business. So Nicole can you tell me I mean you mentioned the IT aspects earlier can you tell me a little bit more about how technology has affected your career and the work that you do today? Oh my goodness, it's affected it hugely. <laughs> it's an ongoing challenge. I mean, I'm a Gen X, so um, I hardly used a computer at school and only got into using them at uni. Um, computers and mobile phones have absolutely revolutionised our work. Um, the World Wide Web and social media have changed everything. They've changed everything. It's been just an absolute paradigm shift. And I think it's a double-edged sword. I think information access and um, efficiency gains have also come at a cost. We've got things like digital democracy, you know, everyone who's got a computer has got a voice, citizen journalism, you don't actually have to have any qualifications to write stuff online, doesn't have to be correct. And of course, the old word of the year, post-truth, has really undermined science-based advice that, that I give and that we all give as dietitians. And I think that's probably our biggest challenge is how do we as knowledge and science and truth-based <laughs> professionals, how do we make ourselves heard in in the noise so yeah it's been a blessing and a curse really yeah you, you put that in an interesting way so what do you think uh for listeners who aren't interested in consultancy work um and also and or consulting specifically to the media what steps do you think they should take i wouldn't go it alone as a new graduate i just think it's too hard you need to get some general experience first and I know there's going to be a lot of people out there groaning and saying oh there's no jobs it's so frustrating but even if you can't get a job as a dietitian first of all if you can get a job related to get some experience in the sector that you like to work in I think that's really valuable start off working for someone else I mean just the administration of starting a business is massive not to mention um, you know as a new newly fledged dietitian all the knowledge you're on a steep learning curve about the nutrition stuff you don't want to be on a steep learning curve for business administration at the same time you're just it's too much that would be my advice in a nutshell 
go, go about and get some business and marketing skills. If, if you want to start your own business, you need to get some extra um, skills and knowledge and perhaps a bit of training because we don't get a lot of that in our course. Um, perhaps what, what I did in starting my own business is I started it off part-time. So I was still earning money doing contract work that was part-time, but I was developing my business on the side just so you can survive. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's actually quite um, difficult um, to just jump straight into a business and expect that you can earn an income. Um, the other thing that's really important is building your networks. You've got to get out there and and go to interest group meetings, go to events, um, learn how to bowl up to someone and say, hi, I'm Nicole and I'm a dietitian and, um, you know, I offer services in communications. Um, what do you do? You know, be bold and get out there and meet people. And also decide what sort of consultancy you'd like to do and develop a business plan. You can't be everything to everyone. And so you need to kind of narrow your focus a bit. And um, yeah, so it, it takes time to start your own um, consultancy and your own business generally. So um, resist the temptation to leap straight in after graduating. I just think it's too hard. Thanks, Nicole. Well said. Um, and you talked about the challenges earlier on um, with, you know, only really being paid for one aspect, but, you know, all the other necessary aspects in your work. So are there any additional challenges or downsides of consultancy work? <laughs> Look, I think making an income and um, that's the big one. The other one I mentioned, IT. Oh, that is just such mm. a challenge for me. I'm just not naturally adept at computers and I find it really frustrating, you know, when things go wrong, I have to kind of ask someone for help and, yeah, it's all a bit frustrating. But I suppose, you know, going back to um, my earlier point about technology and the World Wide Web and social media, I think um, the biggest challenge um, for anyone in our business is selling facts or knowledge in a post-truth world. Um, and the other thing is, um, you know, depending on how you work, it can be a bit lonely and isolating working by yourself. So I know I have to concentrate on, um, you know, getting out there and, um, and networking and going to things and, you know, and having a um, interaction online is helpful too. So, um, yeah, that's that's an issue as well, If um, depending on your personality, of course. Yeah. So to finish us off, what advice can you offer other dietitians who want to pursue consultancy work in addition to the wonderful tips that you gave earlier? Yeah, well, I think you need to have some personal attributes. So you need to um, have a have a look at yourself and, you know, you need to be self-disciplined. You need to be flexible. You need to be versatile. You need to be good at playing uh, in a team and working as in a team. You need to be efficient and communication and relationship skills are essential. You need to really build and work on those over time. And you need to be confident. You know, you're going to go in there and be telling people how to go about um, running their business, selling their product, writing about it, whatever. You need to be confident in what you know so that they um, value what you're offering. Um, I think you need to, if you want, if you're considering consultancy examine your reasons for doing it it can't just be a fallback you know you can't get a job I'll just start my own consultancy it needs to be a well-planned business startup so you don't just wander into it it needs planning and preparation and a bit of time and experience first 
And is consulting a good fit for your skills, knowledge and attributes? And as I said before, if you want to start a consultancy business, you need to decide what your focus is going to be because you can't be all things to all people. And a good question that I actually heard uh, read on a dietitian connection um, post the other day was, what are you good at that other people find hard? That's a great question to really ask to find out what's going to be your offering as a consultant. Very well said, Nicole. Thank you for that. So uh, we've come to the end of this podcast. I've learned so much from chatting to you. I hope the the listeners can um, can really learn a lot as well. And um, you've given us a really great insight into the work that you do and um, nutrition consultancy work. So thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to me today. It's been really enlightening. Great, Kate. It's a pleasure. And, um, you know, I think these things are really important to encourage and support our um, new and emerging dietitians because each one of us, as we become stronger, we make the profession stronger and that makes us all look good. (laughs) Yeah, love it. Very well said. So I hope you guys, the listeners, were able to get as much from that episode as I was. And if you would like to enjoy even more opportunities, further inspiration and a front row seat to community discussions with like-minded nutrition leaders, then the Dietitian Connection Premium Membership is for you. Your premium membership will ensure that you're informed with the exclusive Dietitian Connection newsletter. And one of the most useful resources is all year round access to webinars as well as discounts at Dietitian Connection events. So to sign up, go to dietitianconnection.com and then pop to the member benefits tab and select premium benefits. Thanks again for being a part of the Dietitian Connection community. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast.